Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty. This week, I have a meaty middle about double negatives and a familect story. But before we start, I have a contest to tell you about. Grammar Girl is part of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network. And to celebrate the network reaching the 300 million download milestone, you can enter to win a one-on-one web call with me. The entry page has a long URL, so I'll just put it in the show notes. But it's also the pinned tweet right now at the Quick and Dirty Tips Twitter account, which is just Quick Dirty Tips. Quick Dirty Tips. And now, on to the show. I made an embarrassing mistake the other day. I wrote, I can't hardly believe something, when I should have written, I can hardly believe something. Can't hardly is an example of a double negative, something many writing experts say you should avoid. And it also doesn't make much sense if you look at it logically. Often, double negatives seem to mean the opposite of what you're trying to say. But you may have heard me say before that English isn't always a logical language, and you'll see that's the case here, too. Double negatives used to be much more common in English than they are today, and Chaucer seemed to like them. For example, he describes the knight in the Canterbury Tales by saying, He never yet no vileness didn't say. That's more than a double negative, that is a multiple negative. And Shakespeare also used double negatives. For example, in As You Like It, Celia says, I cannot go no further. If you can go no further was negative, then you can't go no further was even more negative or emphatic. In Shakespeare's and Chaucer's times, it was completely normal to use double and triple negatives to add emphasis. And even today, other languages, such as Spanish and French, also use double negatives to add emphasis to the negativity. In some dialects today, people still use double negatives for emphasis. For example, I'm not doing nothing can seem stronger than I'm not doing anything. But double negatives like that aren't considered standard English anymore. In other words, some people will look down on you if you use them. It actually wasn't until the 18th century that prescriptivist grammarians started saying we shouldn't use double negatives in English because they aren't logical. Robert Loth, a bishop and toweringly influential grammarian of his time, and who's also known for promoting the idea that we shouldn't end a sentence with a preposition, advised people to avoid double negatives. Lindley Murray, another influential grammarian, repeated the advice in the early 19th century— writing in his book, An English Grammar, quote, two negatives in English destroy one another or are equivalent to an affirmative, unquote. He gives this example sentence. 
His language, though inelegant, is not ungrammatical. He advises that instead of using the double negative and saying, not ungrammatical, you should say, it is grammatical. In more recent times, though, many writers have decided that this is a much too simplistic view of English. Our language isn't as straightforward as math. Some double negatives can subtly change the meaning of a sentence. Not ungrammatical seems like fainter praise than grammatical. Another example would be when you say something like, I'm not unhappy that Norman got fired. You can't go so far as to say you're happy about it, but you're not unhappy about it either. In this case, the not doesn't cancel out the unhappy. Not unhappy isn't the same as happy. It's something more complicated. Occasionally, double negatives are useful when you want to place emphasis on something bad. For example, I once saw a sentence in The New Scientist that referred to, quote, less unhealthy cigarettes, unquote. Less unhealthy is a double negative. Healthier would be the positive way to say it. But less unhealthy keeps the emphasis on cigarettes' dangers. In a 2016 paper, Marima Osman-Kadic from the University of Sarajevo did a deep dive on how people use double negatives in politics— and found many of these uses and more. For example, double negatives can also leave the speaker a way out. It's easier to back away from a statement in which you say it's not unlikely that someone is guilty than a statement in which you say it's likely that someone is guilty. It can also be perceived as being polite or being less threatening to make the statement in this slightly softer way. I also sometimes interpret such statements as concessions. Although you'd like to believe it's not true, it could be. For example, if evidence was mounting that Squiggly committed a crime, even though I didn't want to believe it, I might say something like, well, it's not inconceivable that Squiggly stole the chocolate and lied about it. Double negatives also pop up when there isn't a direct positive phrase you can use. In fact, just today I noticed I used a double negative when my husband misread a candy bar that said it was a dark chocolate baton, thinking it said it was dark chocolate bacon, to which I replied, well, that wouldn't be unheard of. I could have reworded the sentence completely, but saying, well, that's heard of, isn't an option. It's just not something we say in English. Similar phrases Osman Kadic highlighted include saying you're not indifferent to something— You can't say you're different to something. And saying something can't continue indefinitely. Again, definitely isn't the opposite of indefinitely, so you can't say something will continue definitely. If you want to restate those sentences positively, you need to do a bigger rewrite than just getting rid of the double negatives. Further, Osman Kedek highlighted instances in which speakers used double negatives to embrace parallelism. For example, in the line, it was unexpected but not unwelcome. That has a nicer rhythm than it was unexpected but welcome. So to sum up, double negatives have a long history in English and used to be commonly used to add emphasis. But old-time prescriptive grammarians claimed to dislike all double negatives. Today's reality lies somewhere in the middle— Using phrases like, I can't hardly wait, and we don't need no education, can cause people to wonder whether you have a decent command of the English language, although we shouldn't forget that they're accepted dialect in some regions. 
But many people use more subtle double negatives like, it's not inconceivable, I'm not unhappy, and it's not unusual, to fit the situation or convey rich meanings. Maybe they're being polite. Maybe their feelings are between the positive and negative. Or maybe they don't know exactly how usual something is. You need to be careful with double negatives, but they aren't always wrong. Next, I have a familect story from Melissa. Hi, Mignon. My name is Melissa, and I started listening to your podcast about a year ago because I am a university professor and I teach a writing-intensive course uh, in my discipline. And so, anyway, I really enjoy it, and actually I've made my students uh, assigned it to them for this semester. But I was calling with two uh, sort of family word stories. My first one is fit round, F-I-T-R-O-U-N-D, all is one word. And that is what our oldest son um, said for, or how he pronounced playground when he was about two or just before he turned two. And it took us a while to figure out what it was. He'd been using the word. And finally, we were walking into a Chick-fil-A with an indoor playground one day. And we realized that pit round meant playground. And that one really stuck because it kind of made sense. And in fact, a lot of the, um, outdoor playgrounds around here actually have equipment that is specifically exercise equipment. And so we call all playgrounds fit rounds now in our family. And the other one is a regular word. It's uh, fatties. Um, with It's like with an I-T-E-S at the end, always sort of plural, but it refers to, um, it's, a, it's a term of endearment and it comes from old Christmas lights, like the incandescent C9 bulbs, the ones that were large and kind of fat and round. Um, And so about 10 years ago, we ended up seeing some Christmas decorations that were like a kind of a caricature of those really large versions of those original Christmas lights. And we called them the Christmas light fatties um, because they are kind of fat and round. And so now we, anything that's large and really cool that we like, we tend to refer to as a fatty. So we have a 27 inch Mac computer, desktop computer at our house, and we call that the Mac Fatty. I guess that doesn't have an IES. Um, but my boys love to drink orange juice, so we don't buy the smaller containers. We buy the gallon-sized containers of orange juice, and we call them OJ Fatties. So, you know, anything along those lines, will anything that we like that's really cool and that's big, we tend to refer to as a fatty or the fatties of whatever it is. So, anyway, love your podcast. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for the message, Melissa. I always loved those big old Christmas lights. And fatties seems like a great name for them. And how fun that you've applied it to anything big and cool. Thanks again. If you'd like to share your familect story, the story about a word that your family and only your family uses, you can leave a voicemail at 83-321-4-GIRL. That's 83-321-4-GIRL, and you might hear it on the show. Be sure to tell me the reason your family uses the word, because that's always the best part. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find me online as Grammar Girl at Twitter and Facebook. And you can find all my old articles and podcasts at quickanddirtytips.com. And in case you can't remember a specific offer or code, you can now find links to most of my advertisers at quickanddirtytips.com slash offers. That's all. Thanks for listening. Want to make mom's day? 
Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.